Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and <clears throat> I am here to talk about the film uh, American Fiction. I saw this at the Toronto Film Festival. Jeffrey Wright starts. Star, uh, Jeffrey Wright stars as author Monk in the smart comedy that marks a acclaimed writer. Why? Oh, I'm not going to do this. I, I, I hate the inconsistency of IMDb synopsis. This is like not a good synopsis of this at all. Anyway, directed by Core Jefferson. Stars uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, it has uh, John Ortiz. It has uh, let's see, Issa Rae. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross is in this. Darren K. Brown. Um, this and I, we you know I talked about this in my TIFF uh, wrap up with you. Um, and yeah. I think, I don't know how much I went into it then, you know, I don't want to, definitely don't want to spoil it. I think this is definitely one of my, it was my favorite film that I saw at TIFF. Um, and I wasn't sure how it was going to be. Like when I read the synopsis for basically, let me see if I can find a better synopsis for this. Uh, um, when I read the synopsis for it, Monk is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profits from black entertainment. That relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him uh, to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. So when I read that, when I read the synopsis and I saw the film, I was like, "Oh God, here we go. Is this going to be one of those films, right? That's directed by a black person, um, is supposed to be satire, but it, it feels like it's more written for white people. You know the kind of film I'm talking about, right?" It's like I when, do. Yeah, I was very, very nervous about this. I was like, mm, "Let's see how this goes." I don't know. I mean, you know, and and not all these films are uh, satire. Like I felt like, what was it? A Queen and Slim was that way. Where we're like, mm, it feels like it's got white gays written all over it, right? And so <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. This is a film that has a story within a story, but I feel like the story within the story is the one that black people see and that when I see the white people laughing at the, the, the inappropriate moments, I'm almost laughing at them. Cause I'm like, Oh, you stupid motherfucker. You don't get it. Right. And <laughs> that's why I enjoyed this film. It, and I think I said this during when we, when we were doing the tiff write up, right. The, you know, the whole outlandish satire about him. And I, I think it was, it's not even uh, a, a spoiler. The name of his book, he calls it fuck. Right, and he just goes out with the most over-the-top type of, of tropes with this. And he does it because Issa Rae is a writer who had the same thing. She has this book where she it's, it's written in that, like, you know, uh, um, in the, you know, African vernacular. It's just, oh, you know, uh, you know, you know, she saw her baby mama and she said, I don't like, is it that kind of stupid shit, right? And she was, like, reading it in front of, like, these white audiences and they were clapping and like Monk is just getting fucking frustrated because he's trying to write books just as a writer, right? He doesn't want to put a black spin on it, right? And so he's watching her do this and get, you know, all this elevation. So he decides to do this, write this book on his own and make it as offensive and as ridiculous as possible to prove a point and it becomes a hit, right? And if that was the only, if that was the main point of the movie, it would have been one of those things of like, yes, definitely for white gays. However, the movie in the, in the black 
story that is told here, the the film the 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 story of a black family, like his um mother is um is ill and coming down with what they think is dementia. His he's dealing with the fact that his you know his father has died beforehand, right? And um his father you know again you know you know had you know. Uh, she'd known his mom and all this stuff, and he has these these, these conversations with his 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 brother and and his sister about like, did mom know? If she knew, why did she stay? Um, his brother, played by Sterling K. Brown, gay, right? Uh, and there's this whole thing of uh not being accepted by his father or his mother, right? Um, there's the quiet rage that Monk has as a black man where he doesn't share his feelings. He keeps his own side. He doesn't know how to express his feelings. He doesn't know how to share when he's upset. He doesn't know how to share that kind of stuff. Like that is the more intriguing story here. And it's not buried. It's right there. Like, you know how sometimes we watch a movie and we say, Oh wow. There's a more, oh, what film was it? Oh God. We, we read a few film recently. We're like, there's a more interesting story here. They just decided not to tell it. And we hated it, right? We hate when that's that happens. That's pretty much almost every movie we've watched so far that's supposed right. to be a drama here, Right. Unfortunately. Um, but this film doesn't do that. This film, this film doesn't do that at all. It, um, it, it, it's, pre- it, it's constantly there, which makes it even better as a satire because while well, everybody's paying attention to the funny over-the-top satire, there is this really good, really smart black family drama that's right there in front of your face, right? So it's actually making a commentary about how, you know, for all the talk about how much you want this, it's right there. Like, Monk could have easily written a book about his own family and his own stuff there and, and told that story instead of going the overtop. Like, it's, it's, it's so... It, it's, it was a very smart way in doing it, and it's not heavy-handed in it. It still has some really, really funny, really, really hilarious moments. It's um, Sterling K. Brown. I'm sorry, he's everybody knows he's great, but like, I feel like we he's underused in in so many. Are films. we going to stop bullshitting about the fact this man should have more awards than anybody? That's what I'm saying. Like, is this, when is I say, this is here. When, when I say when I say he's underused, I don't mean like in this film. I mean just in Hollywood in general, like. Just sprinkle some of Sterling K. Brown in your film. Like, if you were just like, what does this film need? Sterling K. Brown. Right? Like, I there's mean, a, that's what Wes Anderson believes, right. and he's never wrong. <laughs> there, there's a moment in this film <laughs> where, like, he just shows up. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he just shows up with, like, he's got, like, it, like, so basically he had a wife and a kid and stuff like that, and he just, uh, you know, he, um, uh, she ends up finding out he's gay, and then she's about the house. Not because she found out he's gay. Like, he's cheating on her, obviously, right? And so now he's basically going through his whole phase. So, like, he's turning up with, like, he's got two young men with him. And it's supposed to be, like, I want to say it was, it was supposed to be a wedding. They're having a wedding for, like, their, um, uh, 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 the woman that's been, like, uh, like kind of, like, there. Like, this is a, this is a pretty well-to-do, uh, black family, too. Because they have, like, a caregiver that's always kind of been with them. And um, she gets she ends up getting married. They show up to have the, the wedding. This man is Sterling K. Brown's there with these two young men. He's like, oh, oh no. wait, what is 
wait, wait, what was the day? <laughs> like, they ain't got no shirts on. <laughs> like, that shit is fucking hilarious, though. He brought his hoe, his hoe, yo, like, into a family event. Well, no, no, because he, it was, it was like, I'm sorry, let me back up. It's like their, their summer house, right? So they're having the, they're supposed to have the wedding at the summer house. He forgot what day it is because he basically on some, he on drugs and he's like having, oh. he, right. And so they start showing up and my oh. man is sitting there going like, what? But then you go from that, but then you get these, you get these, like there's this really one, like you get these moments, right? We're just, you're laughing, you're laughing, you're laughing, but then you get these deadly serious ones. Like I said, the, the mother is, is having dementia. She's going through the stuff. And so. There's this time, this moment when um, her and um, like she's she's kind of uh, they're they're taking care of her. They moved her into this home. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is like dancing with her and things like that, and and it's a really sweet moment. And you're something like that, and then she looks him dead in the face and goes, "See, I knew you weren't a faggot." And you're just like, "Damn!" It just like that is Damn. that, and you just he just he. It's that moment, right, when he looks at Monk and he just walks out. And again, you know that this is other part of this family where this man has never been accepted, right? You know, yeah. and and like he was like, that's why me and my dad always fought because my I figured like dad probably probably knew, and that's why it was hard. Like it's all those conversations that you know that black families have and families in general have, right, about folks that have secrets and things like that, and so. That was like that's what makes this film so well. I mean, and the acting is great. The I, and the other thing too is even with the whole satire thing, the the focus is always on the 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 black family, right? It's always on them. They are the centerpieces of this, and you know when they bring in the white people, it literally is for the look how dumb this shit is. Like there's couple moments when Monk is trying to, like, you know, uh, um, sell the book, and he's on the phone because they don't know who he is, right? He's, his, his, Jonah teases, teases his, his, his uh, publisher, well, is his agent, Arthur, and he's like, come on, man. He's like, and Monk is like, come on, you, you tell me they're not going to know who I am? Like, dude, they, they, they don't know what you look like. So, yeah, it's fine. Like, he had to meet one of the, one of the people that wants to invest in it, and it's so fucking funny. Just me, he was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, it's... well, I've I've seen the most recent um, trailers they put out for this. I was supposed to see this movie this weekend. Unfortunately, my plans got derailed. You were making me have serious FOMO, so it's going definitely to the top of my uh, watch list. But you did you know that this is a um, an adaptation of a book, and that one of the executive yes, producers is the author? Yes, I did know that. Yes. Okay, that's why you are not getting this story told as an allegory that's driven for a white list. That was the only thing. That was the only rule he had about anybody who wanted to adapt the book. Yeah. No, it's, it is a, it is one of the smarter ways I have seen this done. Normally I hate these things. Normally they don't work. And it's generally because of that. It's they, they don't. Can I, can I say something? Go ahead. Can I can I say something? Go ahead. You've never seen this done because you fucking hate all of these movies. This movie is deliberately making it deliberately spitting in the face of every fucking movie that you can't stand like this. Like 
uh, Sapphire. Like, Precious. Like, uh, half the adaptations of anybody who's ever tried to touch Native Son. Or hell, Native Son being written and people having to be told that it's fiction, not a factual account of a Black man's life. Like, no one is... This, this movie was made for you, Chris. Like, oh, yeah. literally I'm every complaint. Month. Somebody... If somebody wanted to go back to a checklist of almost everything that we've done that's either supposed to be a, quote, driving Black narrative or, quote, looking through, quote, the lens of Black life that you've ever had a checklist complaint about, every single thing that you've ever taken issue with in any of those movies as a drama is directly what American fiction is supposed to confront. I'm delighted to know that they were successful. You are who they want to like this movie. Yeah, no, I am. I it, it, Like, it, it's that thing of... You know, there's a thing of balance because there's also there's a moment when, um, when Monk finally uh, confronts uh, Senatara Golden, who is Issa Rae's character, right? And like is confronting, like at one point, like there, there, there's this confrontation because like they're trying to get his book at oh this this prestigious nomination, and at one point she's like, oh no, it's trash, and he's just like, bitch, what? Like it's written just like yours, and it's that thing of well, yeah, but no, you did it on purpose, right? Whereas she actually tried to write a book, whereas you are are very hollow on it. And as a, another black person, you're not gonna bullshit. You you can't you can't you can't bullshit us when we when we see that, right? We know you when something's genuine, when something's not, right? And that was the thing. There's there's a there's also this internalized hate that he has where he can't recognize that some of those stories are actual stories, right? That should be yeah. told. It's a moderation type deal. So there's also that commentary in this film that I also think was held very well to not make it just seem like, oh yeah, all these kind of books are trash. All these kind of, the way these movies are trash, the way we do this is true. No, there's a very, dis- there's a distinction between Telling these stories because you actually want to tell these stories versus you just want to either uh, make some commentary or you want to uh, 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 make light of or you're just trying to take advantage of, right? Or that, you're angry. Or you're I mean, angry, I don't right? Think, I, don't, I don't think we make enough room for, this is going to sound crazy, but quite frankly, I mean, you know, my mother has always been the kind of mom who was like, she's like, we're not middle class. And I was like, I don't understand what that means. She's like, we're working class. She's like, middle class is a facade. It's that thing that people do that they, they slap over things to pretend like they're not two paychecks away from a problem. If you can't quit your job for less than 365 days without panic, you are not middle class. She's like, if you can't have a problem Without it upending every single thing in your life, you are not middle class. But there are plenty of Black people who are solidly, staunchly middle class. And it's not middle class the same way as being white people in middle class by any means. But there is a certain feeling to people on the outside looking in of problem-free. And that's what affluence looks like to them. But if you come from a family like that, which Thelonious does, 
people act like you don't have common problems from someone who who does straight up live in the hood or lives in a ghetto or or lives somewhere that's staunchly poor on its face because the gap between those two things got wider but the anger that you're allowed to have is being a black person who still has to a navigate white spaces and b now has to navigate black spaces that quite frankly are frequently unwelcoming to you so it's difficult for you to even find those pieces of commonality that just exist along in, amongst just the black community at large that creates a whole different kind of bitterness and anger and resentment because it's still dealing with race, it's still dealing with class, it's still dealing with loyalty to family, it's still dealing with like the like language of theory, theory of language and relationships and connections, but a significant number of black people off the rip when you say something like this dude, he's like, oh, he's a professor. Oh, he don't know nothing about being black. He he we don't have anything in common. So for him, there's a certain amount of smug you know, disrespect is like, oh, well, you guys are just, you know, you just, you just pandering to the marketplace. You're not trying to do anything to convince them. And this sounds like this movie has one of the best infighting arguments about what respectability politics is that I've ever heard of. Just from you talking about how the two writers in the movie respond, one who's coming from an authentic place and the other who's like, well, if this is what you want and this is what it takes to get put on and get myself in a position where I can talk about the stuff I want, fine, I'll feed you the crap you want and then maybe you'll come back and look at the things that I have to say that aren't, quote, driven by my color or driven by my race or any of that. And I'm excited to see that. But yeah, no, a lot of this, a lot of this comes from that nice little angsty place that a lot of Black people have stopped giving Black people whose parents managed to at least keep their heads above water, to be able to push their kids' chests above water, like, taking away their permission to still talk about shit from an authentic place. Like, you said he just wants to write books and he wants to talk about it with purpose. He's still a Black person, mm-hmm. right? But in order to be well-received in the mainstream, he had to be perceived within the acceptable Black narrative. Ain't no way on God's green earth that a single Black person who's ever had to live in the narrative that he's playing with isn't going to know he's full of shit. So there's the funny thing about it is, I forgot about this because there's so much that happens in this film. The very beginning of this film, he gets put on, you know, basically paid administrator leave because of some some incident that happens when he's teaching, right? And it's one of those things of, it screams microaggressions that black people have to put up with even in the thing. And when you think about it and everything you're saying is true, when you look at this, the, you start realizing that the story of this film is that the, there is a commonality that black people, no matter who you are, how you were up, how you were brought up, how much money you have, you know, how you speak and things like that, that we deal with, right? And I think that is the truly amazing thing about this film is that it goes through this, showing you as he's putting on and trying to do all this stuff and talk about just the things that's happening, you know, and and the mess that people talk about in these 
these, you know, baby mama drama stuff. But it's like, but dude, your family's got that same stuff. Your father was mm-hmm. cheating on your mother. You know, didn't didn't have all the love for you kids as he should have. Uh, you have a gay brother who didn't feel like that. Your your brother was cheating on on his wife with with other Not men. only that, he was straight living on the DL. Hello, right, like right. I mean, it's like all that stuff is there, and it's like the only difference is y'all have a beach house, right? Like you're well to do, right? You know, you guys can afford to have your mom taken care of and things like that. So the only difference between what you are going through is just the perspective, right? I think that is one of the and good things. Right. And and I think that is one of the great things about this film. It's like it it's a it's a and again, it's one of those things that when I'm watching it, I'm watching and looking at all these white people going around like, y'all ain't getting it. It's fine. It's fine. Cause here's the thing. Y'all gonna enjoy it on the surface level, which is good enough to then get the praise, get the reviews, you know, because that ninety four percent of Rotten Tomatoes to get and it won the TIFF award, right? It's doing enough of that to get there, but then at the back end, because how many times have you seen these kind of films, right? And they go to the they they go to they get the reviews, they get the their credentials out of their their creds out of um, excuse me, out of the um, the uh 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 the the um film festivals, and then black people start seeing it going like with the Queen and Slim. Oh, people love right. that shit, and then black people saw what the fuck are you doing? I hate that movie. I, fucking hate I don't this think movie, this right? will fall off. No, no, no. I, I know it's not, and that's a, that's the thing to, to me is because it doesn't fall in the same pitfalls as other films do. This has, but also because yeah. have you seen any of the marketing they're doing for this movie? I haven't. Um, I thought this was the most brilliant commercial. Like we're always talking about, uh, it's better if dramas fit the world that's outside your window, and a significant number of white people, you know in retrospect, want to be talking about older movies like, oh yeah, like the dude who made like Love Actually and a couple other movies going to say, yeah, I should have been on diversity. And we're like, no, you didn't. Those were white spaces. Those were white people. The most common likelihood of their intersections with non-white people would have been superfluous to the plot. So it makes sense. You can make your little white story. It's fine. But what they're doing and what I saw with the marketing for this is the way they've cut the commercials is like, they've got the one scene with John on peace where they're talking about the book. Right. And as the scene that you were talking about, he's like, well, you don't think they're going to know me. He's like, really? They've never seen you. They don't know your name. And it's a pseudonym. It's fine. And he's doing this fake thing over the phone is they are, and it's for comedy. This is where like satire and the fun comes from because it's fucking hilarious. But he's talking to this white woman who's like at publishing and she asks a question and he responds with a question that allows her to fill in the blank with her own prejudice and her own bias and her own stereotype. Let me tell you, that whole scene is fucking hilarious. You you know exactly the scene you're talking Yes, I know exactly the scene you're saying because I'm like, I'm... I, I, you're laughing in this because you're just like because I like white people are laughing because it's a funny scene. I'm laughing. I'm like white people. That's like exactly that's exactly what I, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm going like white people. You know how they are. And and the it, white people yeah, are going like, oh, it, this is hilarious, guy. Hey, Bob. This is. I'm just like, mm, 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 yeah. Mm, 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 no, mm. the scene I saw in the trailer, I was like, oh, so y'all are going full speed ahead. I was like, I wonder if they do this for the whole movie. And then they show another scene later in the trailer. Where I guess it's the one of the filmmakers, some young white dude who wants to like option his film, and they're like offering obscene yes. money, and they meet over lunch. And oh, yes, like, that's, that's the other. Sits. Yes, yes. Okay, so so from what you can see in the trailer, what they're doing and how they're presenting it is again, 
he's like, well, how come I've never heard you? What about this? He's like, well, you've been inside. And Jeffrey Wright just kind of looks at him half over his shoulder and says, I didn't say that, you did. And then the white dude just goes on and fills in this whole like narrative screed for him. And I was like, this is exactly what it looks like. This is the thing that black people who who work in different spaces than where people expect black people to be places where you may be one of only one or two or three where you looking across the room at the at the, a conference table or you're the only black person in the room and you're trying to make the decision to speak or not to speak and if so how this is what those microaggressions look like this is what is real life intersecting into white spaces as a black person is it does not change with your degree it does not change with your money it does not change with with your education level or what your job title is they will still just fill in the spaces but if you have to navigate those spaces especially someone in academia because god bless that racist place you can leverage that against them and that's what jeffrey white like right character starts doing and it's hilarious oh Here's the thing. But is a black person watching that? Yeah, no. It the the thing that the thing that makes it work so well is, and now that I think think back to it, every scene with white people is that. Like, every there's not a scene with Jeffrey Wright and black. There's a scene where they're talking about the books that they're again. It's like this prestigious literary award or thing like that, and the commentary and the thing. There's, there, it's almost at one point, there's a feeling of when, like, we talk about award season, and you're like, white people ain't reading them, ain't, ain't watching the movies. It's part of that. Like, every scene yeah. with white But then, when you get the scenes with black people, it's, it's where the drama comes in at, for the most part. It's the, oh, this is a real, this is the real movie. This is the real part. All that stuff with white people is all fake. But they, inter- they intersperse it really, really well. And it's cut really well. And the black parts never feel like they take a back seat to that. That's and it, beautiful. And you're feeling like, and you feel that it's going to converge at some point. It has to converge at some point. And where, again, the lie catches up with them and things like that. So you feel like it's going to happen. And yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> again, I can't spoil it, but the, it, even the end of the film. And the way they go about that. It's just one of the things of like, of course. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I was excited when I heard it was Corey Jefferson making the movie just because um, I have, I don't know, I hope I'm not the only person who does this, but every once in a while, if there's something that I find to be extremely well done, I go to look to see who wrote the episode or who was involved in the episode. And a significant number of the things that I really enjoyed in like Station Eleven, which is a UK show, a spy kind of spycraft show, but in Watchmen, a significant number of the things that I really enjoyed in Watchmen were done by Cord. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I liked about Survivor's Remorse was done by Cord. He was one of the story editors on Master of None, and I feel some type of way about a significant amount of Master of None, but everything that felt like it really kind of worked was Cord's hands on it. He's another person who was a writer for Larry Whitmore, Wilmore. And when I keep telling you, I mean, Larry Wilmore, the people mm-hmm. who he's fostered and that he's kind of, you know, bolstered up, that, that they're all seeming to slowly come into their own. 
like the thing that I really liked about what he did in Tinker Tailor Soldier Fly, like some of the writing and outstanding stuff. He this is what he's won his awards for. He was a part of Succession. Uh, and 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 I and when I found out that this is what he was going to come out the gate, that this is where he wanted to plant his feet and make his uh, like his direct his future directorial debut, I was excited. And I'm I mean I like I'm so mad that I missed it this weekend because it's playing at the San Diego International Film Festival, which I was shocked to see because their lineup is usually frightfully when it comes to domestic products white the only place that you but that's, generally but see but that's the, but that's why why this film works so well because of course it would play that's part right. of the thing that makes it work white people would love this film they would love right. to have it play at their film festival you know, I mean, he's that kind racial, of and I think that he is very expertly navigating everything he yeah. knows about living at that intersection. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, it is a masterful way of how to do this. It's like, ah, okay, sure, that works. Yeah. It's under two hours. Yeah. It's under two hours. It's done very smartly. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed this film. Like, um, yeah, you, you liked Watchmen, right? Yeah. Did you like the episode of This Extraordinary Being? I think it was like the sick. I can't the remember sixth. which one that was. Like Dead Center, the one that goes black and white and all that shit. I can't remember that far back. I, I'm Whatever. Right you if you go back, I bet you that's the one. Oh. But that's him. Him and David Lederhoff did that. But yeah, no. I think that he is just... I'm all for movies that want to investigate black narratives or the difficulty in even defining what a black narrative means in the the marketplace. I never expected him to be able to adapt Erasure to be the thing that it's supposed to be. And it sounds like American fiction does it, and I'm excited. Yeah. And I hate you that you already got to see it and I was sick yeah. and I need to I, I would I would definitely it's definitely a nine out of ten for me. Like I really did enjoy this. Um awesome. surprise. Like I said, it turned out to be my, my favorite out of the um out of the film festival. So um yeah when's so, the release date for it when uh, can people see it do we have an official release date isn't this a december movie i think it might be yeah december 15th i think it is it, no it's not Netflix. something else um isn't it also it's, i think it might be apple tv who remember. bought this i do not remember. mgm bought it okay. which means it might end up on paramount well, Amazon MGM, so it might end up on Amazon. It may end up on Amazon, which would be great. Yeah. I just can't remember who has to deal with MGM. Yeah. Because I, I look, I, I mean, I think we've been kind of beating this drum all year, but I think this movie decidedly is one we need to beat this drum about. If you like fictional narratives, well, you need to go see American it's gotta, Fiction. It's got a Got a great cast too. I mean, that's the other thing too that makes this really, 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 really work really well. Like, Eric Alexander left her house. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, she's in this. She's like I said, it's it's, yeah. it's a really, really great film. So, um, yeah. But I'm I'm dead serious. Like people are making a big deal now about short windows of movie releases and waiting for streaming. If you are making strategic decisions about when you go to the movie and where you are showing your support if you especially if you like actors like jeffrey wright i love the fact that people who know jeffrey wright from westworld are gonna go see this movie people who know jeffrey wright from uh i don't know play every uh 
uh, racially ambiguous gangster in the 80s and the 90s God, are so, probably good. Because so <laughs> Jeffrey was your dude. I know people who so still funny. straight it's up think this man is Puerto It's also so, so funny watching him try to be a gangster because he's so not, which makes it even not. better because you're like, because you're watching the yeah. white people going like, because you're with him, you're like, they're not going to buy this. And, and, and yet and, they do. And John Ortiz is like, no, they will. Trust me, they, they will. He's like, but like, if you no. like his commissioner, Gordon, yeah. we're going to get those people. If yeah. you like the, pe- the people who like him acting fools in 2000 and Shaft, they may show up. If you ever saw Basquiat, you've been a Jeffrey Wright fan ever since then and still trying to figure out why he didn't win every award for that. You're going to show, he's got this huge ability to carry a movie it's like he's just been waiting for one to let people be everything that he needs to be and it sounds to me like you're saying he gets to be funny he gets to be ridiculous he gets to be serious and he gets to do what he does so i can't think of a better person to anchor a cast but yeah he's got i like just and you're gonna get the people who love the jeffrey Wright when he shows up in a wes anderson movie they're going to go see this movie too. But if you are a black person who likes there to be a wide variety of projects that are made by black people starring and having assembled casts full of talented variety black people, if you plant your flag on any movie to make sure that you have seen so you can talk about it all the way through award season, American fiction is your movie. This is the kind of movie that makes studios stop bullshitting and make a deal with SAG so people can get back to work. This is the kind of movie that shows that not only do you want people to see it in the theaters, but then they'll come back and watch it again and keep talking about it when it's streaming, which again means they stop bullshitting about paying people their worth. Jeffrey Wright is the kind of actor who's considered a journeyman actor in the set, in the SAG Afrit Guild. He's not considered one of the big, huge people who's above being screwed over by a studio. Neither is Issa Rae. Erica Alexander damn well ain't. Hell, the white people in this movie aren't either. So if you like movies, you like good ones, you like nuanced ones, you want Chris to have a movie with black niggas in it that he actually liked, this is this the movie to plant your flag on this year, as far as I'm concerned. And I haven't even seen all of it. I've only seen part. Am I wrong, Chris? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, uh, when this film comes out in December, definitely check it out. Uh, 15th. We, 15th. Uh, like I said, it's definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. And um, I think a lot of people who watch it will be pleasantly surprised when they watch it as well. So, um, yeah. So, uh, we got a bunch of other movies that we're going to be reviewing and talking about. So, stay tuned to Movie Trailer Reviews. Uh, hit us up on MTR Network and just search for Movie Trailer Reviews on iTunes. And uh, Spotify, or you go to the site. They still got you fucked up because you can't say shit no more. Yeah, I can't say every time they got you still messed up. Oh, not Stitcher because Stitcher don't exist no more. Uh, yeah. So until next time, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Peace.